Should middle and high school students be allowed to attend classes dressed as the opposite sex? Have we taken tolerance too far? We'll discuss a recent Newsweek cover story that explains the tragic results of anti-bias legislation. And Barack Obama has a woman problem. We'll discuss that and other news. This is Jerry Johnson Live from Criswell College. Join us as we look at today's news from the Christian worldview for Christ and culture. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. That's one small step for man. December 7, 1941, a date which will live in infamy. I have a dream. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. We will not tire. We will not falter and we will not fail. Welcome to Jerry Johnson Live. For the next hour, this is your place for relevant discussion of topics in the news and in our culture from a Christian perspective. Later in the show, we'll open the toll-free lines for your questions and comments. You may also email us at talk at jerryjohnsonlive.com. Now, here is Penna Dexter. So so nobody really thinks that that, that Bush or McCain have a, a real answer for the challenges we face. So what they're going to try to do is make you scared of me. You know, he, oh, he's not patriotic enough. He, he's got a funny name. He, you know, he doesn't look like all those other presidents on those dollar bills, you know. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen, for joining me today. This is Jerry Johnson Live. I'm Penna Dexter sitting in for Dr. Johnson. Have you heard uh, President Bush or John McCain talking about what Barack Obama would look like on a $1 bill? There's a picture of that on the Drudge Report, and it's because of a statement that Barack Obama made campaigning yesterday in Springfield, Missouri. He said the GOP would try to scare voters by telling them that he doesn't look like past presidents. Have you heard John McCain or his campaign talking about what Barack Obama would look like on a dollar bill? Have you heard them talking about a funny name, that he has a funny name? John McCain responded to this today. He said that Barack Obama is playing the race card, and he's playing it from the bottom of the deck. We don't talk that often about Barack Obama's race, although we were accused of doing so last Friday on this program. But I think this is a low blow on the part of Barack Obama. Those Republicans, Bush and McCain, have said no such thing now. Uh, Are they trying to scare people about Barack Obama? Well, in a sense, just by delineating his positions on issues like taxes, like withdrawing from Iraq, like taking over uh, the health care system, like his position on the issue of life, uh, those positions that have been stated clearly by Barack Obama, if John McCain has a problem with them and states them, that's certainly fair in politics. And uh, he also says, uh, Barack Obama says, that McCain and Bush are going to say that he's a risky guy. Well, he is risky, but not because of his race. Some people, though, are a little bit scared of having President Barack Obama. And there's a new study out uh, that was sort of summarized by Dick Morris, 
who has worked on the campaigns of Republicans and Democrats. And he says that uh, Barack Obama has a woman problem. We'll talk about that later in the program. Well, ladies and gentlemen, yesterday we told you about uh, the fact that the California Attorney General had changed the title and the summary of the marriage amendment in the state of California. And if you missed that, this is what happened. This is the way the California Marriage Amendment, Prop 8, going to be on the ballot in November. And this is in reaction to uh, the California, California Supreme Court and others who have said marriage can be between homosexuals. Well, the ballot title that everybody signed a petition for was limit on marriage. And the first sentence of the summary read, amends the California Constitution to provide that only marriage between a man and a woman is valid or recognized in California. That's the way it did read until California Attorney General Jerry Brown, a Democrat, and he is actually a former governor, got a hold of it and changed the title. And now it reads, eliminates the right of same-sex couples to marry from a positive basically a positive, just affirming marriage to a negative. Now the first sentence of the summary reads, changes California Constitution to eliminate the right of same-sex couples to marriage, a right they've had uh, since last month because of the California Supreme Court. So that's happened. Now California Prop 8, uh, if it passes, will be one of the backstops against same-sex marriage spreading across the country. The other backstop just went away today, and it was on the other coast, Uh, In Massachusetts, there was a 1913 law that banned same-sex marriages in Massachusetts for out-of-state couples. They are only marrying couples who are residents of Massachusetts, and they cannot marry couples who come from states where same-sex marriage is not legal. Well, that's all changed. The governor of Massachusetts has actually signed a repeal of that law, and uh, here's AP correspondent Glenn Johnson reporting from Boston. This is something that's gone through fits and starts uh, in the state for the better part of a decade. There was a landmark decision handed down in 2003 to legalize gay marriage for Massachusetts residents, and then there was an effort thereafter to try and repeal that through a ban, a constitutional ban on gay marriage. And now, with this law change, gay marriage is not only legal for Massachusetts residents, but people from outside the state who want to come into Massachusetts to marry. So Governor Deval Patrick just signed it today. Uh, His daughter is out as a lesbian. Now, Glenn Johnson also reports that without a significant change in the Massachusetts legislature, there is little hope of overturning this repeal. This, for all intents and purposes, should end the gay marriage debate, at least in the near term in Massachusetts. The law that was repealed today had actually already been reviewed by the Supreme Judicial Court here. It ruled that the law was legal and constitutional, but it also said that it could be repealed by an act of the legislature, which occurred. So now same-sex marriage can spill from Massachusetts over into the other states. Couples will come from other states. They'll go marry in Massachusetts or California. They can also do that right now. And uh, then go to other states like Texas, like Oklahoma, and try to have those marriages recognized and try to get uh, sort of the laws or the constitutional amendments overturned in other states. It's going to be a big mess. Uh, The president of the Massachusetts Family uh, Institute, Chris Minot, he's a real fighter. He's been battling this in Massachusetts. He says repealing Massachusetts' 1913 marriage law creates a legal quagmire. The impact is that uh, it will open up uh, the gateway for a number of lawsuits uh, we anticipate to challenge the laws and uh, constitutional amendments uh, in uh, the 45 other states uh, that, that have dealt with this issue to date. 
Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, that's the uh, latest update on marriage. I'm sure there'll be more. But uh, some of you may have read or may read Newsweek magazine. I read it. I love to hear what the liberals are saying. And actually, there are some good articles in there. And uh, you may have read last week's cover story. If you have, I want to hear what you think about it. And you can even start calling in now, 800-881-9270. You'll know what I mean in just a moment. Uh, If you have not read this story, I'm going to tell you the story. Uh, The story is about a middle schooler who is on trial for murder, and his name is Brandon McInerney. He shot a classmate in the head in English class in Oxnard, uh, Oxnard, California. I know exactly where that is. It's along the coast, but it's not exactly uh, a wealthy community, one of the few beach communities that isn't. But Brandon's story and that of his dead classmate actually make a mockery of the term live and let live, and you'll see why. It also shows that adults are playing with fire when in the name of cutting down on bias or bullying, and that's the reason for a lot of the laws that are passed uh, in the education code in states like California and Massachusetts. But in the name of cutting down on these biases and bullying in school, they allow children to flaunt their gender confusion. Now, this is the cover story in the recent Newsweek magazine, last week's Newsweek, And uh, the magazine, surprisingly enough, because when I almost didn't read the story because I thought it was going to send a message that I didn't really want to hear, but it doesn't really cast blame on anyone. But when you read it, you can't help but think that the adults in these boys' lives really let them down. The magazine doesn't mention that some laws passed in California in 2007, now part of the state's education code, actually make it very difficult for adults to do anything but what they did in this case. And here's the story. The victim, his name is Larry King, uh, and he uh, was 15 when he died last year. He gave his uh, foster parents some trouble from the time that they took him in when he was two. Even as a child, he was somewhat effeminate, and he came out to classmates at age 10. He was teased, and he was even hated for it in school. And uh, finally, at age 14, he told his dad that he thought he was bisexual, but he was not sexually active. In fact, he told a teacher that he had never even kissed anyone. Now, during this time, he received no counsel from any adult that he might be confused. Instead, parents and teachers affirmed his choices. In fact, he was even sent to gay youth group meetings. You know, they have these gay, straight, lesbian alliances at schools now, and what it really does is affirm students and their homosexuality. Well, Larry began, uh, after a while, dressing like a girl. Uh, Newsweek talks about his brown stiletto heels. They were three inches high. He bought them at Target. His lipstick, his eyeliner, the jewelry that he wore. And when teachers complained about the distraction that he was causing, uh, a lesbian assistant principal of the school said that the gender discrimination law, the laws I was talking about a moment ago in California, really allowed Larry to dress however he wanted to. And that's the question that we're asking today. Should students be allowed to dress like the opposite sex at school? And we'd love to know what you think about this. Again, the number is 800-881-9270 as I continue and tell you the story of Larry King. Uh, He also asked a teacher to call him Letitia. She was one of the sane ones. She said she wouldn't do it. Uh, And then Larry flirted taunted the boys in a high-pitched voice. He'd call them hot. Uh, Other times he would speak in a roar, so you can imagine he was a distraction. Then he began focusing on one boy in particular, and guess who it was? It was Brandon McInerney. 
He'd get close to him, and he'd stare at him. He said if Brandon wasn't nicer to him, then he'd tell the whole school that they had dated. Uh, One time when Brandon was actually playing in a basketball game with other boys, uh, he interrupted it and asked him to be his valentine. After that, Brandon told a girlfriend of Larry's to say goodbye to him and that she would never see him again. A few days later, Brandon shot Larry King in the back of the head in computer lab English class. He turned around and walked out the door of the classroom. Now, some teachers did object to Larry King's behavior. One of them told him to wipe off his makeup. That lasted about a day. Another teacher gave him a green evening dress. Uh, The faculty was told in no uncertain terms that it was Larry's right to express himself and that they could not interfere. That is the interpretation of a bill signed by the California governor in October 2007. It's called the California Student Civil Rights Act, and it bans, and I'm quoting, promoting a discriminatory bias against homosexuals, transsexuals, bisexuals, and transgenders. It redefines gender into the state education code. So basically, you are what you think you are. Uh, They allowed Larry to dress the way he thought he was. And as that changed, he continued to change the way he dressed. He wanted a sex change operation. Maybe if he hadn't been shot, he would have gotten one of those, too. Let's go to the phones and hear what you think about this. David is in Kaufman. David, thanks for calling in. Hey, I'm sorry about breaking down last night when we talked about me being in Vietnam. And well, thank you for calling in. I think it showed the emotion behind this. It did. And like I said last night, please, all of us, let's pray for America, okay? I think it's a good idea, um, David. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's a good idea. I think we have to do more than pray, though, because right now there are laws and initiatives going through various legislative bodies that uh, we need to do all we can to stop. But we put those legislative bodies into place. And two weeks ago, you weren't there, and the other gentleman wasn't there. Jerry Johnson, and there was another gentleman on. Dr. Creamer. It had to do with... Too much government control, and that's where we're doing what we're doing, okay? Okay, and, David. And I'm just bringing it back up. I'm sorry. Thank you very much for your call. We appreciate your participation. Our number is 800-881-9270. Should students be allowed to act like the other sex at school, to dress like the opposite sex? Uh, is this uh, the way that we affirm our young people's self-esteem. Give us a call, 800-881-9270. Criswell College is proud to present the new Mac at Night program. It's a Master of Arts in Counseling degree obtained by attending evening block classes. There are licensure and non-licensure options depending on your career goals. Mac at Night features some of the best professors in the field of Christian counseling, and all courses are biblically based. Expand your ministry or prepare for a doctorate. Criswell College makes it simple and convenient. All Mac at Night courses are scheduled with the working professional in mind. If you've got a full-time job, a busy lifestyle, or even raising a family, you're perfect for Mac at Night. Get your Master of Arts in Counseling at Criswell College with Mac at Night. Call 800-899-0012 or go to criswell.edu. That's 800-899-0012 or criswell.edu. Invest in God's work 
and yourself through this convenient program through the Chriswell College. It's Mac at Night. See Chriswell.edu. That's Chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. Welcome back to Jerry Johnson Live. We're talking about the sad story of Brandon McInerney and Larry King out in California. Uh, Brandon shot Larry, and it's because Larry was sexually harassing him at school every day without ever being stopped by the adults in the situation. Really, no law, because California laws allow this, and no adult protected him from that harassment. He got so upset with it, and he didn't have the greatest home life either. He finally shot Larry in the head, and he's on trial for murder. And really, the bottom line is, when the culture and the laws, and this is true in same-sex marriage and a lot of our other uh, hot-button issues that we discuss, but when the culture and the laws don't hold to God's standard for uh, morality, the consequences are tragic. And this story just shows that in sharp relief. Well, we are taking your calls on this issue. Uh, this was not CNN's Larry King. <laughs> Our Larry here at uh, at uh, Jerry Johnson Live wanted me to make sure <laughs> you knew that. This was a 15-year-old boy. Uh, but it's really sad. First of all, that you come out at age 10 because, as many experts say, there's a lot of confusion about gender. sometimes goes back and forth as kids grow up. But let's go back to the phones and speak with Frank and Little Elm. Frank, thanks for calling in. Um, hi, Penna. Thanks for taking my call. You know, as I was just thinking about this on the break, I mean, one of the big things that schools always push is that certain behaviors are not allowed that are disruptive. I mean, think of the guy in Minnesota, the kid who wanted to wear a, a, a T-shirt that said straight pride on the day of silence or whatever that thing is called, and he was sent home because he was disruptive. How much more disruptive is it when someone is either not only harassing another student, but, you know, you know, flagrantly, you know, and floating and, and acting like something that they really aren't. I mean, where is where is the where is the uh, you know where is the outrage of that in, from a judicial standpoint within the school in terms of school safety and stability? I mean, that's my big question. I mean, aside from the fact that if both of these boys had been adults, this would have never happened because you'd get a, a restraining order or you'd do something to keep this individual from harassing you. Well, but you know, uh, Frank, the problem is is that homosexuality is a class all by itself, and that's exactly what's happening. I don't think people recognize it, but it is in California. That's yeah, what it sad. is, and really in Massachusetts, too. And when they get yeah. the stamp of marriage, it's not that they really want marriage. It's just that when they get marriage, then you cannot criticize anything homosexuals do that has to do with their sexuality or their perceived sexuality. Yeah. And it's tragic. It's really yeah. tragic for us. It really us. is. It really is. And it's amazing that school would allow this kind of behavior when it's clearly far more disruptive than, a, than another student wearing a shirt that says, you know, praise God or praise Jesus. I mean, what, what's going on with the school system? Well, you mentioned the day of silence, and he was actually, this young uh, man that was murdered, Larry King, was actually the poster boy for the day of silence in California this year. And of course, the students, some students liked him, and, and he had friends in the school, and it was all very sad and tragic. And you can imagine that there are a lot of kids uh, that have been, had their world rocked over this. Oh, absolutely. Well, those are my thoughts. Thank you very much, uh, Frank, for your call. Let's go now to Michael in Hearst. Michael, go ahead. Uh, Yes, ma'am. I kind of agree with Frank on his aspects, but uh, the thing was, we are grooming our children in school to live in the world, and if they were adults, his behavior would not be acceptable. 
it would be considered as sexual harassment. Right. And if it was opposite sex, it probably would have dealt with that way. Right. If a little girl had been harassing Brandon, she would have been punished. But right. since this boy was so confused about his gender, he was not punished. Right. Straight, straight or homosexual, whatever they want to call it, uh, it is still, it's still unacceptable. Yes, this boy should be on trial for murder because he took someone's life regardless of their sexual orientation. Because that's what Christ teaches us, not to murder. Right. Regardless. But it's very, very sad. Yes, it is. All right. Thank you, uh, Michael. We appreciate your call. Next up is Bob and Terrell. Bob, thanks for calling in. Yes, Penna. Uh, I see it as a uh, nuisance, and uh, it's a form of sexual harassment, and they should not be allowed to go dress as an opposite sex because, I mean, it's just uh, it's just an outcry and a mm-hmm. way of... Uh, well, here's perp- what's interesting perp- about it, uh, Bob, because there was actually, I'm not sure if it was a uniform or a dress code, but there was a dress code at the school that you had to wear certain clothes, uh, but just because he was wearing opposite sex clothes, he somehow had, uh, he got uh, an exception to that and these spiked heels that he was wearing that he was practically falling off of. And then the makeup and the eye makeup and the lipstick and everything else was okay because it was, he was still wearing okay clothes. I mean, he couldn't have worn a dress apparently, but he could do all these other things. Let's go now to uh, Marilyn. Marilyn, go ahead. Fort Worth. Hi. There are two issues for me. One, uh, I I totally disagree with that policy. However, it doesn't matter whether he was homosexual or not. The issue is civil rights. And the boy that shot him had the right to go to school without being harassed by anyone. Uh, They would not allow a young lady to come dressed provocatively and solicit uh, a male. Right. You know, they wouldn't do that. Uh, they wouldn't allow her to do that on campus. Yet, it, it's kind of like the Christian right. You know, everybody's got rights except the Christian. Everybody has rights except the straight people. Uh, you know, the more we, the more we give... The more we give these rights to this one group, homosexuals, and now homosexuals have expanded to transgender, anybody who is on, along the path going from one sex to another, which this boy kind of was, uh, well, that is all included in there. And yeah. anytime you give them the rights, then everybody else loses their rights. And I think we're starting to see this, and it's going to go to the point uh, in this country, especially with the spread of gay marriage, that even Christians and even pastors will lose the right to speak about the sin of homosexuality. So that right will be elevated. That class of people will be way up there, and everybody else will lose their rights. And that's what's sad about it. And the other sad part is really the kids, because these kids, uh, you know, at age 10... Question their uh, question their homosexuality or their sexuality. Uh, they may question back two years later, and this comes out of PFOX, which is Parents and Friends of Ex Gays and Gays, and they support parents and friends of former homosexuals. Guess what? There are former homosexuals, and the spokeswoman from this group, Regina Griggs, says that she thinks schools should not be party to this. Uh, type of campaign. But, you know, in California, you can't blame the teachers that much because they were just obeying the law. Uh, But she says children should never be told to identify themselves as heterosexual, gay, bisexual, or transgender. Well, I think they should be 
told to identify themselves as heterosexual because that's God's normal way. But uh, she said kids change as they mature and as they go through puberty. And lots of questions that need answers come up. And the problem is they're getting the wrong answers. Uh, Let's go now to Jim in Waxahachie. Jim, thanks for calling in. Well, thank you for having me. A couple of points. Uh, California, first of all, is goofed anyway. yeah, but you can't just relegate like California to being the fruits and nuts uh, because point. what they do spreads. Sure. It's like, you know, it, the other point is, uh, it, regardless, I'm not drawing sides here, but no means no. And the school faculty and staff blew this one. And now they got hair, teeth, and eyeballs all over computer lab. And the next point is the foster people. They should have seen this one coming. And got this boy. Well, they sent him to the gay uh, the gay club so that he could have his sexuality affirmed. That's the point. The last one I wanted to bring up is 14 years of age. It's far from being intellectually grown. It's a physical fact that the high centers of the brain aren't complete until the mid-20s. Most 14-year-olds don't even know where they're at, much less is right concerning sexuality. They've got hormones bubbling along like crazy, and then that stunted, or not stunted is the wrong word, not yet grown right. ability to rationalize. Jim, you're making too much common sense. In, oh, oh, goodness gracious. I mean, we can't have that. No. It might spread. If there had been some out there, this may not have happened. Thank you very much for calling in. And uh, let's go very quickly to Zujay in Grand Prairie. I hope I'm pronouncing your name correctly. Yes. Um, my comment was that I received an article the other day about a pastor who is being sued in, I believe, the Tennessee or Alabama by a 40-some-year-old man who states that because the pastor was teaching uh, the Bible in regards to homosexuality, he has given him emotionally dis- emotional distress. So he's suing the pastor for emotional distress for 42 years. Great. Well, there's also a Michigan man who's seeking $70 million from two Christian publishers, Thomas Nelson and Zondervan, because they've been publishing Bibles. Uh, and in the Bible, homosexuality is referred to as a sin, and this has uh, violated this man's constitutional rights. And so they're in a lawsuit. So this is the kind of craziness that is out there. But unfortunately, we're talking about the middle of the country here, folks. It's not just California. Uh, But unfortunately, sometimes the courts actually come down on the side that is so opposite from common sense, you can't even believe it. I wish we would stand up as a country and state that as they think that they have the right to do all these laws that favor them, I wish somebody would stand up and say, you know, Christians have the right to have a Bible in school and at work and preach wherever they want to. And, you know, all this stuff that they are putting this in, putting this in a little box and saying, you're wrong for doing this because you're causing emotional distress. Well, I wish I could sue somebody for causing me emotional distress <laughs> for all of this. You know? <laughs> Thank you, Zujay. We appreciate your call. Melba's on the line from Dallas. Uh, hold over the break, Melba. We'll take your call right after this.
listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. Thanks for sticking with us, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I want to take one more call on the subject of anti-bias legislation and the tragedy in California. Let's go to Melba. Melba, thanks for calling in. Hi. You know, when I heard what you was asking, should boys be allowed to come to school and dress like girls? No, they should not. And, you know, I think it's it's shame on us here in America where we're almost letting homosexuality take over within our schools and amongst our children. And I just think it is a shame in today that this kind of stuff is taking place and we as believers are not saying anything. We're sitting quiet. We're just letting it happen. And it's almost like we're saying, well, you know, it's okay. But you know what? It's not okay. Because you know what? My Lord went to the cross and shedded his blood for all of us. But this kind of stuff should not be taking place within our schools, amongst our men or our young girls. And I see it a lot within the schools. You know, the girls are homosexuals, and Ugh. it's just getting crazy. Melba, no, thank you to, for you know, that word. We appreciate it. And, you know, I think a lot of Christians are worried about sounding mean or homophobic, and look where it's getting us. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we are going to switch gears because I want to ask you, have I told you how much I miss Andrew A. Bear? He was our producer here almost from the beginning of Jerry Johnson Live. He's gone to pastor a church in Direct, Texas, but uh, we do have an interview that he did because he started a a process of speaking with Criswell College graduates. This one was Denny Garina, and he's president of the Criswell Alumni Association. He's also pastor of First Baptist Church of Leonard, Texas. And Andrew asked him how Criswell College has influenced his life and ministry. Here's that interview. You graduated uh, with a BA in 2002, and you're now working on your MA, and you've spent time here. You work with alumni uh, literally all over the world. Uh, What does the college mean to you? Well, my relationship with Criswell College began back in 1983 when Dr. Richard Land came to my home church at First Baptist Church of Brownsville, Texas. He spoke. My father and I were able to take him to lunch after he spoke at our church, and uh, from that point on, I was hooked on Criswell College, and I came here in 1984 after graduating from high school. Uh, from that point, I I was bivocational in ministry, working full-time, coming to school full-time, and so it took me uh, a long time, 10 years as a matter of fact, to end up getting my degree, uh, my undergraduate degree. And uh, in the interim, uh, I spent about seven years in Knoxville, Tennessee, working in ministry out there. Uh, Just could not find the right school to attend uh, to finish the degree. And when I came back to Texas in 1977, I knew that I had to come back to the Criswell College. This was the school uh, to which God had called me initially, and this was the school to to which I would graduate from. How has it uniquely prepared you for ministry? You've been a pastor for a long time, and uh, you take classes here at the college in pastoral ministry and pastoral leadership and preaching and biblical studies. Just talk about some of those classes and uh, maybe some of the professors and how they've uniquely helped equip you for the ministry where you are right now. Uh, Dr. Uh, R. Allen Street has helped me tremendously. Uh, He helped me with personal evangelism and church evangelism uh, in training me uh, to go out and share my faith with as many people as I possibly can. Uh, not only that, Dr. David Allen, who's now at Southwestern, uh, was my expository preaching professor, and uh, he actually taught me uh, in six to eight different classes that I had with him preaching 
to actually be able to communicate uh, effectively, exalting Jesus Christ, explaining a text, illustrating and applying it to our everyday lives. The other professors that I've had here, uh, Dr. Barry Kramer, who, who I'm taking right now, is just phenomenal uh, in helping me learn how to think more logically uh, and going through the philosophy track. Uh, is helping me to be able to engage not only my mind but the minds of my people at my church and uh, just discussing different things that go on here uh, with with uh, uh, systematic theology, with the biblical studies, all of the different things that go on here at the Crystal College. It's exciting to me because it allows me uh, and has allowed me over the last 24 years of ministry uh, to be able to effectively communicate the Word of God. And uh, in 21 years of student ministry, three years now of pastoring, um, just being able to share what the Word of God says, and uh, that means going back to the Greek language and going back to the Hebrew language. Dr. David Brooks, my Hebrew professor and um, Old Testament professor, uh, was just excellent in preparing me to preach the Old Testament. And as a matter of fact, I'm getting ready to start a new series through the Minor Prophets uh, based on some of my notes that I received in his class. And uh, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, of course, my New Testament classes, um, just all uh, all the professors that I've had here, Kirk Spencer uh, with Faith and Culture, just knowing what culture is like and how we can share our faith in this culture, even though it's a very different uh, culture than what it was, say, 20 years ago and seeing how the paradigm continually shifts. Uh, being here at the Crystal College has prepared me to be able to communicate even when the, the paradigm shifts in our world. For a prospective student, they're considering the college, they might be interested in, in maybe a, a future in ministry, or maybe they just want to learn more about the Bible and God's, uh, God's Word and, and how to share their faith. Uh, what would you tell somebody who's considering the college? I, I think if anybody's considering Christian education, uh, one of the greatest things, if not the greatest thing, about the Criswell College is the core curriculum that every student is going to go through. Uh, if you take a, a track with philosophy, you have a core group of biblical studies uh, that you have to take. We have to take the languages, the Greek and the Hebrew, uh, which really opens up so many doors uh, to what Scripture says and uh, helps us to understand more fully what it is that God is telling us. And I would, I would encourage any prospective student to um, uh, just consider what it is that God is calling them to do. And when they come to the Criswell College, this school will prepare them in the curriculum and, and through the studies and through the one-on-one -on -one that we have with our professors and other students. will prepare them for future ministry and ministry right now, uh, not just in the future, but ministry right now. My guest is Denny Garina. He is the president of the Criswell Alumni Association, and he is pastor of First Baptist Church of Leonard, Texas. And uh, some of our listeners may have seen you actually on America's Funniest Home Videos. I've seen that clip. Uh, Denny, just tell us about your church, where you are right now. Uh, tell them about that experience on America's Funniest Home Videos, and then give the website of your church where they might be able to find out more about where you are and where you're serving now. Well, uh, America's Funniest Videos in 2006, I, I had actually been at First Baptist Church Leonard for about two or three months and uh, was trying to give an illustration of faith and uh, stood up on a little deacon pew that was on our platform and it fell out from underneath my feet. The whole point of that was basically we can't trust in anything man-made, we must trust in Christ. <laughs> 
But uh, we were able to go out to Hollywood, and I, I met Tom Bergeron from America's Funniest Videos and, and Vin DeBona, who's the producer. And that was just an exciting thing to be able to go out there and actually see how they film the show. Um, and we ended up coming in third place, uh, receiving the third uh, place prize, which was a $2,000 prize that we just simply gave to our building fund there at the church. And so it was just an exciting thing to be able to go out there with our videographer, Tom McCartney, at our church and and uh, just spend that time out there together. Um, but our, our church is located in Leonard. Uh, it's about 25 miles northeast of McKinney off of Highway 69. And uh, we we have about 200 to 220 people that uh, attend our fellowship, and uh, it's just exciting in the three years that we've been there to see how many people have come to Christ. Three years ago, we baptized 32 people who had come to know the Lord. Uh, two years ago, we baptized 26 people. Uh, this year so far, we're on, on track to hopefully beat the 32 uh, coming to know the Lord, a lot of children, a lot of teenagers. Uh, in light of that, uh, last year uh, we had our Vision Sunday on the first Sunday of April in 2007, and I presented a vision, uh, casted a vision for beginning the First Christian Academy of Leonard, which is pre-K through fourth grade right now. And uh, with every year we'll add an, an, a new grade. We have worked diligently with our executive council over this last year to prepare to open on August 20th of this year the First Christian Academy of Leonard. Uh, our head of school, uh, who is Lee Barnes, is coming to us from the Prestonwood Christian Academy in North Dallas, and uh, we're just excited about how God is moving in that direction and offering an alternative in Christian education right there in the city of Leonard. Uh, we already have six, uh, close to six kids, I believe, that are already pre-enrolled, and our goal is just to start out with 20, but I think God's going to bless us with even more than that. And what's a website for the church? If uh, people <clears throat> understand, they can see maybe some sermon clips and that kind of thing. Uh, how can they find out more about your ministry? Yeah, our website is www.fbcleonardtx.org. Uh, there you can have um, you can listen to any sermons by audio. We have the 2008 archive uh, that's that's growing. Uh, we have contact information where if you want to contact us, we're just finishing a series through the uh, the book of Philippians. And if you would like to receive any DVDs, uh, you can call the church office there to to order those. We also have our monthly newsletter that comes out. We have prayer requests that you can send to us online, and we'll post them on our Wednesday night prayer meeting list so we can pray for people. Uh, we have all sorts of people that have uh, contacted us through the website. A lot of times because of what uh, happened on America's Funniest Videos, we have received uh, notes from nearly 26 different countries and uh, from just about all 50 states uh, because of that one video. And, uh, so, and, and the reason we did that is because I actually shared the gospel in just one second uh, you know, just 30 seconds right after I fell off that. And, and so we've actually used that as a witnessing tool as well. My guest has been Denny Garina. He is a, a graduate of the Criswell College. He's working on his second degree here. He's president of the Alumni Association and pastor of First Baptist Church of Leonard, Texas. Denny, thanks so much for being with me. Well, it's fun to hear Andrew A. Bear's voice again. Larry Williams, our board op and uh, audio producer here at uh, Criswell College, actually saw that video. He didn't know it was Denny Garina. Now he knows.
I've got a full-time job and a family, and I'm also getting a master's degree at Criswell College. The new Mac at Night program offers evening block courses for a Master of Arts in Counseling degree. It's so convenient and fits my busy lifestyle as a mom and a professional. Mac at Night offers licensure and non-licensure programs so you can gain ministry knowledge and even prepare for a doctorate. Mac at Night professors are at the top of the Christian counseling field. And Criswell College is partnered with a number of ministries, so you'll get experience and great contacts. My friends and family are so excited to see me back in school with the Mac at Night program at Criswell College. A Master of Arts in Counseling has never been so convenient. Come on, join me for Mac at Night. For more details, call 800-899-0012 or visit criswell.edu. Invest in God's kingdom and in yourself through the Chriswell College. See us on the web at chriswell.edu. That's chriswell.edu. You're listening to Jerry Johnson Live. Now here's Penna Dexter. So, so nobody really thinks that, that, that Bush or McCain have a, a real answer for the challenges we face. So what they're going to try to do is make you scared of me. You know, he, oh, he's not patriotic enough. He, he's got a funny name. He, you know, he doesn't look like all those other presidents on those dollar bills, you know? Well, maybe we should be afraid, uh, but not uh, because of the race of Barack Obama. That's not what we're to be afraid of. Uh, Bill Crystal, who is a columnist also, he's with the Weekly Standard, and you see him on television sometimes. He wrote a piece in the New York Times this week that says, Be Afraid, Please. And uh, he talks about a report of a fundraising letter from Barack Obama on behalf of the Democratic Senatorial Campaign Committee that argued we must have a deadlock-proof Democratic majority and he says it occurred to him that one man's deadlock-proof Democratic majority is another's unchecked Democratic majority. So what he's doing is encouraging John McCain to uh, point out some of the uh, things that maybe we possibly should be afraid of. Crystal goes on to say, given the unpopularity of the current Democratic Congress, given Americans' tendency to prefer divided government, given the voters' repudiations of the Republicans in 2006 and of the Democrats in 1994, isn't the prospect of an across-the-board, one-party governance more likely to move votes to McCain than to Obama? And uh, he's wondering if that might not end up being the case, especially if people begin to be very afraid. And I think one reason to be afraid of any candidate who says they're going to raise taxes is the fact that our economy is not exactly swimming along right now, although I don't think we're in a recession. And here's a report uh, that shows that we have had some growth, maybe not what we hoped it would be, but the economy has strengthened a bit. 1.9% growth is good news because it's positive growth in the second quarter as we measure the the results for the economy. And positive growth is certainly better than negative growth. Well, it is. And you need a couple of uh, quarters of negative growth in order to call it a recession. That was investment advisor Hugh Johnson. He also said that while the GDP, that's gross domestic product report, showed consumer spending picked up, by a healthy 1.5%, questions do remain about the future. That 1.5% was largely driven by the impact of the tax rebate payments or checks that were sent to consumers. And the question, of course, is raised that 
what happens in the third quarter when we don't have the benefit of tax rebate checks. Well, Nancy Pelosi wants to have another stimulus package, so maybe the government will send out another $100 billion or so in, uh, in checks and see if they can stimulate the economy again. Really, I think if people knew that the tax cuts weren't going to be repealed, uh, you might have a little more optimism in the economy. But I want to point out, though, that we still have 6% unemployment, which would be uh, just something to be strived for in most countries in the world. Uh, we have very low unemployment, although it's higher than it was. Well, ladies and gentlemen, uh, I wanted to mention one problem that Barack Obama does have. Uh, He is winning in most sectors of uh, the population, but in one sector, and it's the one I actually fall into, uh, he's not. And here's an article by Dick Morris. He used to be a Clinton advisor and also Mike Huckabee campaign advisor um, in the past when he was governor. But... uh, Dick Morris writes, if soccer moms determine the outcome of the 1996 presidential race and security moms tip the balance in 04, it's beginning to look as if older moms, I hate to put myself in that category, but older moms are the key to the 2008 contest. Obama has a problem among women over 40, and it's a big problem. It even gets worse in women over 50. These groups, normally the staunchest of Democratic supporters, are showing a propensity to back McCain and a disinclination to support Obama. And it's a Fox News survey that he's quoting. It says that Obama's winning women um, under 40 by 13 points, but McCain is winning among women 41 to 45 by 4 points and among women 50 and over. He's three points ahead. And uh, his 48 to 35 lead among women under 40 is very normal for a Democrat. But trailing in these older women is very extraordinary. Uh, it could be the Hillary factor. Part of the problem may stem from uh, Obama's defeat of Hillary Clinton. But uh, another problem may be just a cultural alienation uh, uh, these women feel toward Obama. They don't understand the Jeremiah Wright thing. And they also fear the unknown. And I think they fear... Uh, the economic policies might make things worse and worse and women's tend to be more conscious of economic security than men do they worry about being being taken care of and as they get older they worry about it more uh, this is the prescription that Dick Morris makes though he says that John McCain should take dead aim at this demographic perhaps by selecting a female running mate who would appeal to them I would say that might not be it but just select somebody who's conservative economically Uh, and who can really speak to that, because John McCain is having a little bit of trouble articulating or uh, sort of staying the course on some of his positions. He'll wander off the reservation for a moment and then be pushed back uh, because everybody calls him on it. But in a sense, he does need a strong conservative running mate. I believe he needs a strong social conservative to shore him up with uh, economic, uh, with uh, the social conservatives and the Christians, the evangelicals across the country. And uh, the reason he needs it uh, is because so many issues like life, marriage, the gay agenda, Uh, things that we really as Christians should be watching are at stake in this election. Our economy is at stake. Our national security is at stake. And so folks, uh, of course, need to pay attention. Well, okay, we went from a very tragic story uh, that took place because our laws enshrined evil into them.
uh, with regard to what happens in the public schools and the homosexual agenda. But then you move to Denny Garina, who's a graduate of Criswell College, still going here, heads up the Alumni Association, is now a pastor. And you also heard Andrew A. Bear, who is also here at Criswell and now pastoring. And you see that God has called a church out of the culture uh, to minister to this culture uh, and to tell the culture about the good news of Jesus Christ. And it is a battle that we're in. Of course, there are legislative battles. There are debates that we need to be able to formulate in Congress and in the state houses. But there is also a spiritual battle. And we have to be able to fight that battle uh, with our weapons, which are truth, which are the power of the Holy Spirit, and which are the righteousness that comes from being a new creation in Jesus Christ. And ladies and gentlemen, if you have never received Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, uh, if you have never tasted that righteousness that he imputes to us when we invite him into our lives, you can. Uh, Because the Bible talks about the fact that as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, even to those who believe on his name. And ladies and gentlemen, I know there are many listeners of Jerry Johnson Live who already know and love the Lord Jesus Christ, and we want to encourage you in your faith. But if you don't know Jesus Christ, you can know him, and we would pray that you would know him, that you would receive Christ into your heart and into your life today. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today. And we'll see you tomorrow. You've been listening to Jerry Johnson Live, a Christian worldview radio show. Join Dr. Jerry Johnson, President of Criswell College and Criswell Communications, Monday through Friday at 5 p.m. for an hour of relevant discussion of news and culture from a Christian perspective.